The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. In today's episode, I'll talk about acupuncture for chronic conditions. Let me start by saying that I'm no expert, but I have had over 80 treatments. So this is all from just experience. Um, And I talk about my story in a previous episode, I think episode four, so I won't go into great detail here. Um, But back in 2003, I believe, um, I was dealing with a pretty bad flare-up. Actually, the worst I ever had. And basically, my choices were take prednisone or try an alternative treatment. Now, up to that point, I hadn't taken any immunosuppressant drugs before. And I wasn't thrilled about all the potential side effects. And I also wasn't clear as to what the end game was with prednisone. I mean, it can definitely help with the symptoms going away. But in the back of my mind, I knew the underlying problem would still be there. And that bothered me. So I figured I had nothing to lose by at least trying an alternative treatment. I've heard a lot of good things about acupuncture. So that seemed like the logical choice. Got a recommendation for Dr. Pang, Dr. Dye in Wheaton, Maryland. And so that's the short of it, how I got into acupuncture. Now, for the skeptics out there, of which there are many still, uh, let's talk about the reasons for your skepticism. Now, I realize that on the surface, it may seem crude to stick needles into people and think that's going to help more than a doctor could, right? I get it. But keep this in mind. Acupuncture has been around for at least a thousand years in one form or another. Some people say 2,000 years. Some say up to 4,000 years. But if we just stick with 1,000 years... That's a heck of a long time. And anything that's been around that long and continues to be practiced today, you have to figure there's something to it, even if it can't be proven scientifically. And let's talk about that for a second, because you also have to keep in mind that studying the efficacy of anything holistic in nature can be quite challenging, especially finding a proper placebo for blind studies. For example, I'd like to know just how you'll pull off a sham acupuncture treatment. I mean, it's kind of hard to fool someone into thinking they're getting acupuncture when they're not, right? (laughs) And how exactly could you fool acupuncturists into thinking they're not administering acupuncture when they really are and vice versa? So my point is that just because a certain treatment doesn't lend itself to being double-blind studied doesn't mean it's not effective. But I do think that experience can make up a lot for the lack of scientific proof. And I admit, when I first tried acupuncture, I didn't expect much. But again, I figured I had nothing to lose at that point uh, because I was pretty sick. I had severe abdominal cramping and started losing weight because I didn't want to eat. Now, interestingly, Dr. Peng's business card said difficult cases, which I thought was pretty bold to put on a business card. Um, And I remember my first treatment, she said that, you know, what I had was difficult to treat. But then in the very next breath, she said, but I'll make you better. She was that confident. Anyway, I can say unequivocally that acupuncture works, period. It's effective. It's powerful. But there is a catch, unfortunately. 
Results vary by practitioner. Now, you can pretty much say that about any profession, though, right? There are doctors, and then there are really good doctors. There are lawyers, and then there are really good lawyers. And I definitely hit the jackpot the very first time with Dr. Pang. Um, so what are some of the differences? Again, I'm not an expert in this, but of course, there's the practitioner's experience. But also, there are different branches of acupuncture. Uh, one called Five Elements, uh, being one of the more popular ones here in the U.S., I believe. Uh, but there are many ways an acupuncturist can determine which points to hit, how long to keep the needles in for, how deep they should go, etc. Now, Dr. Pang would sometimes use this circular calendar-based tool uh, that would tell her the specific treatment to use depending on what day of the year it was. And there may have been, you know, other variables or factors that she considered as well. Um, she would also, from time to time, thread longer needles transversely up my wrist when I was really stressed. And she always used electroacupuncture. And this is how I know for a fact it's not a placebo effect, at least for me, because when I went to several practitioners closer to me, I didn't respond to any of their treatments. And then I went back to Dr. Pang and I responded very well to her treatment, just like I always did. It was consistent. Now, luckily, I did have the presence of mind at the time to log all my treatments with Dr. Pang because I knew I couldn't expect the same results uh, with someone else, but I also couldn't depend on her long-term either. You know, she was already in her mid-80s at the time. So for each treatment, I would mark down as precisely as I could where I got the needles. And many years later, four points proved to do the trick, basically three inches on each side of my belly button uh, and above and below my belly button. And apparently they have to go in a little deeper too. Dr. Peng always put them in a little bit deeper than everyone else. So I'm assuming that makes a difference. But anyway, so nowadays I can just ask any acupuncturist to specifically include these four points as part of my treatment and it works like a charm every time. Um, but a lot of techniques Dr. Peng used I don't think are part of a typical acupuncture curriculum here in the U.S. Um, she and Dr. Dai, her husband were actually medical doctors in China. Uh, and then they learned acupuncture as well. Uh, they have an amazing story, by the way, because they were thrown into jail as political prisoners. And somehow they got out uh, at some point and made it over to the U.S., um, I think with their children's help. Um, and then they both worked at a Burger King to save up money to put a down payment on a house so they could open a Chinese medicine practice out of their home because they, they had nothing except the clothes on their back when they came over to the U.S. It's an amazing story, uh, but, I, but anyway, I digress. But of course, many acupuncturists trained here in the U.S. also continue to, uh, their training well beyond what's required to keep their licenses active so they can offer more to their clients. Uh, but I think Dr. Peng was certainly in a different league. Um, and in fact, when I was getting treatment from her, she said that she still continued to read and learn about acupuncture more every day. Remember, she was already in her mid-80s. So there's quite a variety out there to choose from uh, in terms of knowledge and techniques and experience. And that might explain why results can vary so much between practitioners. But my point is you can't just be one and done about it or else you're just cheating yourself, in my opinion. Think of it as a journey to find an acupuncturist whose treatments you really respond to because it really is a journey. And I think a great place to start your journey would be at an acupuncture school. 
It's basically a one-stop shop. All or most of the graduates and instructors are going to be qualified licensed practitioners, uh, and they should have an online directory as well. Now, if you happen to be in the Baltimore, Washington area, the Maryland University of Integrative Health is a great place to start, in my opinion. And by the way, I have no, I have no affiliation to the school, uh, except that I did receive treatment at their natural care center uh, seven years ago or so. Now, keep in mind that you'll most likely need multiple treatments regardless of what you're getting treated for, and therefore it can get expensive quickly. Dr. Peng would charge me around $60 a pop, which was a bargain, but it still added up quickly because when I was in a flare, I needed at least two treatments a week for up to four weeks to get into full remission. Uh, and then I would continue with less frequent treatments as a maintenance therapy. And you may also be prescribed Chinese herbs in combination with the acupuncture, which is an added expense. Uh, none of this, by the way, was covered by my insurance at the time. Not sure if it's changed since then. Probably not, but who knows. Uh, it's been years since I've needed acupuncture. Um, so my advice is to first talk with your doctor before starting any new treatment, including acupuncture. And if you do try acupuncture, and this is where some might disagree, but if you do try it and you don't feel a noticeable difference after just one treatment, I say look for another acupuncturist. Don't expect miracles. You will need multiple treatments in most cases, but don't keep going back to the same practitioner if you're not getting any relief. Now, unfortunately, a lot of acupuncturists charge up to double for the first visit. So they can interview you and get your whole story. And they want to obviously be compensated for their time. Now, I say unfortunately because you're kind of forced to invest up front in that practitioner without knowing if it's going to work out. I think a better approach would be if you can give one interview with a designated point person, say like a health coach, and, and that person would serve as like your primary care physician, if you will, but on the holistic side. And the interview would be typed up and dated, and then you just have to keep it up to date with your coach. And then you could just provide that document ahead of time to an acupuncturist uh, who can then ask or follow up with any additional questions beforehand. But that would save a lot of time and money, I think. But anyway, if you're on the fence about acupuncture, you owe it to yourself to at least give it a try. And if you've tried it before and it didn't help, try someone else. Go to a few acupuncturists. Um, now, for those of you who just can't get past the needles, yeah, well, that's a problem. You see, needles are kind of central to the treatment process. But fear not, these aren't the needles you get at the doctor's office, thank God. If they were, I sure as heck wouldn't do it. No, these are small, very thin needles, and they do not hurt. You may feel a pinch sometimes when it goes in, but the majority of the time you won't feel a thing. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I was flared up and Dr. Peng stuck needles uh, in near my belly button and, and a little deeper, it did hurt a little more because that's where the disease was active and she was sticking it right in there. But even then, the pain would subside after a couple minutes. And that's worst case scenario. I'm just you know being straight with you. I personally find acupuncture to be very relaxing, which I can get it more often just like, you know, as a luxury. Um, I can tell you this, when I'm really stressed and I get acupuncture, my pulse rate goes way down and I walk out of there feeling like jello. Now, of course, massage relaxes you too, but to me, acupuncture relaxes you on a whole other level. 
Now, like many of you, I don't like taking medicine. I don't like having to remember to take it every day, the potential side effects, having to remember to tell each doctor what I'm taking so they know, making sure I have enough if I go on a trip somewhere, getting refills, the out-of-pocket costs. So I like to address my core issues head on as much as possible, chronic stress in my case, because I believe I'll save time and money over the long run and preserve my quality of life as much as possible. And that brings me to my last point, which is that even though acupuncture, I believe, saved my life, I really do, I feel you shouldn't have to rely on it long term because it's also masking the core problem, isn't it? If stress is triggering your symptoms, you need to address the things that are contributing to the stress. And I always say chronic stress monitoring and mystressalarm.com is a great first step in doing that. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time, there's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.